and welcome to this latest episode in the Digital Assets podcast series. Today we are discussing the UK government's reforms to the financial promotions regime in the UK so as to bring crypto assets within the scope of that regime. I'm joined by Gordon Ritchie from our FS regulatory team and Robert Allen from our litigation team. Now the reforms are big news in the crypto world and they've been long awaited following the Treasury's 2020 consultation on this topic. Both the FCA and the ASA have been very critical of advertising in the crypto space, and the latter has called it a red alert issue. So we've been expecting a strong response from the consultation for some time. We've heard a lot recently about ASA action on crypto adverts. So before we get into the detail of the reforms, Rob, are you able to explain how the new law is going to differ from the ASA's oversight of ads? Uh, the key difference is that the Advertising Standards Authority isn't a statutory body and it doesn't act, exercise statutory enforcement powers. And uh, that means its guidance doesn't have legal power. And as a result, the ASA's enforcement powers are pretty limited. In contrast, of course, the FCA is a public body exercising statutory powers and the reforms will create binding legal obligations. So a breach of the financial promotions restriction is a criminal offence. Okay, so a fairly significant shift in the, the consequences for non-compliance. So, so with that in mind, Gordon, can you outline what it is the reform is going to change? Yeah, definitely. So the Treasury consultation response has confirmed that the qualifying crypto assets, in inverted commas, um, will be added to the Financial Promotion Order, or FPO, which is the piece of legislation that governs the financial promotions in the UK. So this means that qualifying crypto assets will be brought within scope of um, the financial promotion restriction, as Rob mentioned there, which under Section 21 of the of FISMA briefly states that a person must not, in the course of business, communicate an invest- invitation or inducement to engage in investment activity unless that person is authorised under Part 4A of FISMA. So that means authorised by the FCA or PRA. Um, and the content of that communication is approved by an authorised person or an exemption applies. So in summary, unless you're author- FCA authorised, you can get um, and get your promotions approved by an FCA authorised person or come within an exemption. You cannot make any promotions relating to qualifying crypto assets. So this is important because the vast majority of UK crypto asset firms are not authorised. And it's probably going to be very challenging for crypto firms to get their promotions approved by an authorised firm. And the exemptions are pretty limited. So for many firms, this is going to be a de facto ban on financial promotions. Okay, so... Um, if I didn't think that any of those um, those criteria applied to me in terms of um, where you can make a promotion, Gordon, could I just move out of the UK and continue my business as before from offshore? So I'm afraid not. Um, the restriction also applies to communications that originate outside the UK um, to the extent that that communication is capable of having an effect in the United Kingdom, which is really broad. So what that means is that the restriction has potentially global effect and w- will affect things like websites of non-UK firms if that website can be accessed in the UK, which is most websites. Um, so taking that example, a key question is going to be whether content on a firm's website constitutes an invitation or inducement to engage in investment activity. And if it does, it will be caught by the restriction. So. Uh, what, what does constitute an invitation or inducement to engage in investment activity? Well, it's quite a complex and nuanced point, and there's no strict definition of what these terms mean. Um, the FCA has put out guidance in its perimeter guidance, um, 
so that says that an invitation is something which directly invites a person to take a step which will result in his engaging in investment activity and um, while an inducement may be described as a link in a chain where the chain is intended to lead ultimately to an agreement to engage in investment activity so whether something would be classed as an invitation or inducement to engage in investment or indeed crypto asset activity is not always straightforward to determine and this may be something that crypto asset firms should look into further when considering their position okay so Taking a step back um, briefly, the reform is going to apply to qualifying crypto assets. Rob, what does that definition capture? It's going to capture, uh, and I quote, any cryptographically secured digital representation of value or contractual rights, which is fungible and transferable. Uh, so HMT have removed the inclusion of using DLT as part of the definition, but um, have retained fungibility and transferability uh, despite some responses to the consultation. This means that NFTs will be out of scope from the financial promotion restriction, uh, as will non-transferable tokens such as travel passes and certain loyalty schemes that are cryptographically secure. It will also exclude those tokens that are used specifically and only for payment to a vendor. Okay, and Gordon, do we know what sort of activities um, are those which you won't be able to promote to the extent that the activities relate to a, a qualifying crypto asset? Yeah, so as well as applying to qualifying crypto assets, the FPO will in future also restrict the promotion of certain controlled activities. Um, so this is building on the, the um, existing FPO in relation to investments, and the FCO specified which ones they think relates to crypto assets as well. So those activities are going to include dealing in qualifying crypto assets, arranging deals in qualifying crypto assets, managing qualifying crypto assets, and advising on qualifying crypto assets. To be clear, this will not mean that these activities are regulated under the regulated activities order when carrying out in relation to crypto assets. It's just simply uh, applying to the promotion of those activities. So this is much broader than the FCA's existing registration regime, which I'm sure people will be familiar with if they've listened to the series, um, which falls into the money laundering regulations um, and brings into scope activities such as dealing and dealing as principal and managing crypto assets, which aren't covered under that registration regime. So this looks like it will cover essentially any and all activities that might be carried out in relation to crypto assets. And you mentioned that promotions can be made where they come within an exemption. What sort of exemptions are available? So it's not in law yet, so it's hard to say for sure, but from the consultation response, it would seem that certainly the existing FBO exemptions will apply to crypto. So those include promotions to investment professionals, promotions by journalists, and promotions to certified sophisticated investors and high net worth companies. However, crypto asset promotions to high net worth individuals, self-certified sophisticated investors would not be exempt. Um, so this is pretty frustrating as these would likely be well-used exemptions for the marketing of crypto assets. And it's not necessarily clear why they've been excluded. Um, so the SEA are gonna consult further on the implementation of these. So it'd be interesting to see if there's any movement there. Um, stable coins that meet the definition of e-money are to be excluded as e-money is not a controlled investment for the purposes of the FPO. So this is good news. However, it's not clear whether this will include tokens such as USDT, which while technically meeting the definition of e-money are not issued in the UK or EU and aren't treated as e-money by the market. Okay, and if you can't come within an exemption, the other possibility you mentioned was um, having your promotion approved by a person who is FCA authorised. Why do you say that's going to be so challenging? So a further issue arises where the reading of the consultation response is read in line with um, another HMT consultation, which is the regulatory framework for the approval of 
financial promotion restrictions. Um, so that confirms changes more broadly to the approval process for financial promotions. So currently, any authorised firm is able to approve a financial promotion on behalf of an unauthorised firm. Um, however, the FPR consultation response confirms that a regulatory gateway is going to be introduced, whereby all new and existing authorised firms will be prohibited from uh, approving the financial promotions of unauthorised persons, with a requirement to apply to the FCA to have this prohibition removed, either entirely, allowing them to approve all types of financial promotions, or partially, which allows them to approve certain types of financial promotions. The FCA have advised that permissions to approve financial promotions could be limited to a specific type of or types of products or services, dependent on the firm's expertise. So they state that the permission to approve financial promotions should be limited to regulated activities authorised firms have permission to undertake. As mentioned, a vanishingly small proportion of authorised firms are involved in crypto asset activities, and the crypto-related activities aren't regulated, and so it's not subject to authorisation in any event. So this looks like it could amount to a de facto ban on all crypto asset promotions, as it's not possible to be authorised for those activities to which the promotion restriction relates. Um, there seems to be a pretty terrible catch-22 for the industry, so it'll be interesting to see how this circle is squared um, by the FCA. Okay, and Rob, if I could turn back to you, um, how much time have crypto firms got to prepare themselves for these changes before they come into effect? There's going to be a transitional period of six months before the changes come into effect, but the clock won't start running uh, on this period until the publication of the final changes to the FPA and the accompanying FCA rules. However, it appears that the FCA may consult on the changes to its rules in parallel with the changes being made to the FPA, and that means that the transitional period might start pretty quickly. Um, so firms should really start thinking now about how they're going to comply when the change comes into effect. Okay, and if a firm does find itself in breach of the restriction, Rob, what sort of um, enforcement action could it be subject to? Well, as I mentioned before, breaching financial promotions restriction is a criminal offence, um, which uh, is, of course, very serious for the firm. And people have, uh, on occasion in the past, been convicted of the offence. However, uh, those tend to only be in the most severe cases, often where the defendant is operating an illegal or fraudulent investment scheme and then promoting that scheme in contravention of uh, Section 21. Um, prosecution for one-off breaches would be unlikely. The FCA has other powers following a breach, though, um, including the power to apply to court for freezing and restraining injunctions and for orders requiring restitution by the firm of sums lost by customers or profits made by the firm as a result of the breach. Okay, thanks, Rob. And it sounds like... It's probably reasonable, reasonable to expect that in the first instance, the FCA is going to contact a firm setting out its uh, position uh, that the firm may be breaching the restriction and requiring it to cease doing so. On that basis, um, firms, I think, should probably start thinking about where the line is, the legal line in terms of their promotions and what they would say if they were challenged uh, on this. Gordon, where do you think firms should be focusing their efforts in this respect? So I think that in the majority of cases, particularly those where the firm is based outside the UK, a key question is going to be whether the communication itself uh, in question constitutes an invitation or inducement capable of having effect in the UK. Um, as we've already mentioned, um, it's not necessarily an easy question to answer in some question uh, in some cases, so there could well be room for debate, um, but we'd be happy to discuss that further with people. Okay, thanks Gordon. Well, um, we'll leave it there. So thank you very much to Gordon and to Rob. Um, I hope that listeners have found that helpful and please do make sure to join us for our next podcast in this series.